Hello, how are we doing peeps, how is everyone doing, uh, I know it's been a while, it has been a while since uh, the last one came out, uh, but we just had a few kind of difficulties with the storage space uh, for the podcast to get it out there and, and what have you, uh, but that's all been taken care of, so won't be having those issues again anytime soon. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's given us a, a bit of a break, I guess. Uh, but we're back at it all the way through to the Christmas run. Um, what's been going on in the world of sport? What has been going on since we last spoke? Uh, I think Lewis Hamilton went and won that F1 title. Uh, so fair play to that guy, man. Worked hard, worked hard. He won again this weekend in Brazil. Um, although, although that wasn't really the main headline, I think. Esteban Ocon and uh, Max Verstappen actually stole the headlines. I wasn't even on the racetrack where it happened, but I'm sure you've all seen or heard of it where Verstappen got a bit handsy uh, with Ocon, shall we say. Um, But yeah, what else has been going on? The All Blacks came down to London. I hope some of you guys got a chance to go and watch that live because that would have been amazing. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, but there'll be another chance I'm sure Um, and it was a good game of rugby actually I mean the weather was a bit crap so um, probably didn't have too much of the skills on show but uh, the All Blacks won it by a point Um, so shout out to them as well that was a pretty good um, achievement Uh, football wise football wise what's been going on football wise Uh, well Man City just been dominating as per usual so not much has changed there um, had another great win on the weekend against Man United in the derby. Played some unbelievable football. Uh, but we'll talk about we'll talk about them more a bit later on. Um, any other sporting things I can think of? Uh, the NFL's heating up now as well. Uh, getting close to those those kind of crunch time games or crunch time weeks, if you like. Uh, I think hard, nearly just about halfway through the season. So, you know, it's going to be some big games coming up. And we'll be talking about that um, throughout the podcast. Uh, basketball, what's been going on in the NBA? Some good trades have happened. Some good trades have definitely happened. Um, but again, we're going to talk a bit more about that uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, that's the sporting world. We're in November now, so Christmas is not too far away. Although, I mean, you would think it's, uh, it's just around the corner, man, by some of these adverts I've seen coming out on TV and whatnot. I mean, come on, guys. Like, so we haven't even had Black Friday yet, and you're going mad with these Christmas adverts. I think there should be, like, a rule where you can't bring out any type of Christmas adverts before December. I think that should be a rule because I'm um, I'm just like wow man I'm getting anxious like a little bit excited like oh Christmas is nearly here and have a look at my calendar and it tells me that we still got a ways to go. Um, but yeah, everything everything's looking good, man. Festive season's coming up, uh, so I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that. Um, there's still all that football to come during the Christmas period that hasn't changed yet in the Premier League, so. I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to that as well. Like I said, the NFL's coming, just gone past halfway, I think, in the season. So some big, big games coming up there. Um, 
rugby there's the uh, autumn internationals uh, they're still going on um, we've got uh, New Zealand and Ireland going at it next Saturday I want to say uh, so the 17th uh, and then in a couple of weeks' time, Australia come to Twickenham, so that should be a good, a good little match there. Uh, the T20 World Cup still going on. Uh, the women's T20 World Cup that is in the West Indies. Um, so yeah, loads of sporting things still happening. Loads of things to look forward to. All right. Well, what are we going to be talking about on this episode? So it kind of occurred to me, obviously, with the Christmas period coming up. You know, everybody likes to sit down, uh, have some good food, watch some good TV and whatnot, just relax, chill out, be all snuggled up in the warmth of their houses or flats um, instead of out there in the cold. Uh, so I thought we'd go through some of my favorite sports documentaries. Some some of them, I don't know if you've seen them all, but we'll go through them and obviously you guys always more than welcome to contribute by telling me what you what what ones you've seen what ones have stood out for you um make sure you hit us up on the email on the instagram vii underscore training uh even on twitter now as well so hit us up on that i think i'll put it out i think i put it out there actually a couple of couple of days ago just to give you guys a chance to let me know and there was some there was actually a couple of interesting ones that came back uh, but we'll talk about that a bit later on um, so the ones I'm going to go through today, uh, we're going to have a look at the Netflix one called The Last Chance You, also the 2008 uh, Mike Tyson documentary as well. Um, I thought that is is pretty interesting. So yeah, we're just going to go through them. I'm going to tell you what I like about them, what I would recommend, what we can take away from them, like what we learned, what I learned from them. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have a little chat about those documentaries. Alright, let's get it going. Okay, so The Last Chance You. Um, it's more of a series documentary, it's not just like a standalone documentary. Um, it is very interesting. First of all, I've got to shout out my boy, Taron, who recommended this to me. Uh, he said you'd love it and he wasn't wrong. It is a fantastic series. Uh, it basically follows, well, there's three three parts to it now. So the first two, they were following a community college uh, called the East Mississippi Community College and they were basically following the American football team. Um, now, I don't know how much you guys know about college sports over there, but it is huge. Uh, in some cases, it's even bigger than uh, the national national teams. So it's a massive, massive business as well. Um, communities are heavily involved. Um, you get some big crowds out there as well. I think uh, in, this, in Michigan, they have like oh, a ridiculous uh, capacity stadium, maybe 100 and some, 105,000. Yeah, I think it's a 105,000-seater stadium, which is incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's a massive deal, uh, college football. Now, community college is obviously a bit different. It's like uh, maybe the championship or Division One, if you want to compare it to the football here. Um, so you don't get those type of crowds. But the whole idea is that um, it's for those guys who want to step up to that Division One, that top-tier um 
college football team. Now, the guys themselves, so the people that are in the documentary, uh, there's various different people. It's, it's quite it's quite well done. I mean, in the first two seasons, like I was saying, the East Mississippi Community College, um, they follow the coach mostly. Um, I think four or five uh, players are, are prominent in, in the series. And another lady who's kind of like their student counsellor, if you like, um, someone who deals with them on a regular basis, talks to them on a regular basis, not a teacher, uh, just someone they can confide in, someone that tries to help them out and stuff. Now, now these kids, uh, most of them um, have have kind of been at that top level, so they've, they've been at that Division One top tier, and for whatever reason, um, maybe poor grades in some cases, um, attitude issues in others, drug use in others, um, there was one guy who actually, I think he, I want to remember his name, I can't off the top of my head, which sucks. It's in the second season uh, when they follow EMCC. Um, he's the quarterback and he was playing for a Division One team. And he went on on a night out uh, and he punched a girl. Um, so he got dropped basically, sent away from there and he ended up here. Uh, for his last chance hence the name last chance you um, but that's not to say all of them come from uh, struggle some of them come from good backgrounds they've just themselves obviously done something silly or uh, maybe they just haven't had the grades to make it to a division one college um, or they've been in like I just said they've been in a division one college and they've done something that's got them sent back down um, so they are on their last chance pretty much and these guys aren't young it's not like they're 16 17 these guys are 21 22 23 um so in terms of an athlete that's that's pretty not old but it's getting close to your prime years um so yeah um now what do i think about it i mean i i love it to be honest i think it's great um it's kind of no, i don't want to say it's reality tv uh for like sports fans because that's doing it a disservice it's a lot more than that um it's it's very interesting to like understand first of all how you get all these kids to play um as a team because I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, american football but it's, it's mainly like 53 guys on one team and you can imagine the different types of personalities you'd have to deal with um and as the coach as well that's why the coach is quite uh, prominent in the in the series documentary because he has a lot to deal with he has a lot of different personalities to deal with um a lot of guys talking to him, talking back to him, stuff like that. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but there is like this one great kind of um, event that great in the sense that it gives us a good insight, not great in the sense of what happened, but uh, it gives us a good insight into the coach and how he kind of lost his cool and lost his, um, it wasn't in control of his emotions, said something he shouldn't have. And then he has to go back and coach these guys the next day. Uh, which was again it was quite interesting to see how they react to him how he reacts to them um but that i think that was in series one so check that check that out for sure um but yeah i mean what what i took away from it really was there's there's no substitute for hard work i mean some of these guys from what the people in the documentary are saying are extremely extremely talented um but with that talent some of them kind of became a bit lazy um and they dropped off you know they didn't put in the hard work that they w they had put in and, and they kind of dropped off also 
they weren't a well-rounded individual in terms of their academic work as well which is heavily emphasized in in the doc in the series documentary they don't they don't just want these guys to become great athletes they just want they want them to become great men because at the end of the day the amount of those of the guys going through to play professionally is going to be very very small so they want to set them up for life if not anything else and both um in in all in both colleges case they do emphasize that uh you know that although they're here to get a chance to go and play division one um college football at the end of the day if they if they get the grades and they graduate that's that's what that's what kind of matters because they'll, they'll still be going to a uh, division one college maybe not on that athletic scholarship but they'll you know they'll get a chance to go and make something of their lives and, and that's what really matters to these guys and uh, the backroom staff the coaches obviously the teachers and that is that's heavily emphasized as well in the documentary in the series documentary now like i said there there's three seasons so the first two are mainly talking about um, the east mississippi community college and then the third one which i just recently watched uh, i was talking about independent community college which is in kansas city now i'm not gonna lie i didn't really like the third season that much um i think partly because i wasn't really feeling the head coach's kind of methods um the all like the approach he had to um his team just purely on a sports kind of side of things uh, i don't know it didn't really seem very organized it wasn't really like the first season where the coach's name is buddy and he was like he's quite organized he's got a good team around him um you know he he preaches a lot but uh, he also like goes out there and does it himself. He he seems to just have a better a better kind of knowledge of the game of football of American football, um, and he and that kind of shows a lot uh, when you compare the two coaches. Um, the other guy that coaches the Independence Community College in the third season can't even remember the name of his name to be honest, but um, yeah, I don't know. He just doesn't have that kind of coaching aura, if you know what I mean. Um, if I was if I was to be in one of those teams, it, it would definitely be the East Mississippi team. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, now, in terms of the guys, what you what you do want to do um, after you've watched it is do just just do a little follow up work, see where they've gotten to. I won't I won't give anything away. Um, see if they've if any of them have actually made it to the NFL um, and see what the other guys are up to. Do they make it to college? Are they studying something? Uh, things like that. I mean, some of the stories you read after, so after the documentary, if you, when you do the research, some of them are kind of heartbreaking because uh, you get to know these guys. You know, they, they, they're young guys, young men, um, and some of them don't end up in the best of places. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I would say it's probably one of the best series documentaries I've seen. Um, obviously, it helps us about sports, um, so that's a tick straight away it's got it's kind of got the drama element and it's like organic it's authentic it's not none of this reality tv rubbish where you know some of the time they've just go at it because you know the producers told them to or the ratings have gone down it's not, it's not really like that these are these these are like these young kids lives man they're doing everything like it's like the title says it's their last chance and they're doing everything that they can um to try and get to where they want to be and when they're not doing it, you've got the coaching staff, you've got the teachers pushing them uh, in, in the right direction and trying to help them along. So it's definitely, definitely worth a watch 
over this Christmas period. So Netflix is called The Last Chance You. Even if you don't get to watch all three, make sure you at least watch the first one. Um, it's very interesting. I think I know you guys will enjoy it. All right. Let's take a little break so I can get a sip of water. <laughs> and when we come back, when I come back, and talk a little bit about the Tyson documentary. Okay, so I got that sip of water real quick. <coughs> All right, so the next documentary we're going to talk about is Tyson. So it's just titled Tyson. I think it's the 2000. And I know it's the 2008. Um, documentary where he narrates uh, all of it talks about his life pretty much from uh, start to, to where he's to, to the end of his boxing career um, the music at the start was just just got me going man I was pumped I was ready to watch this you know um, so that that helps always um, when you're excited to watch it the music gets you going um, and whatnot but uh, the documentary itself, I think it was, I think it was really good, purely because, well, one of the main reasons, because Tyson himself obviously was talking about, was narrating and talking about his own life, in a lot of the, do in a lot of documentaries I've seen, sports documentaries, if you've got like, other people, journalist fans, um, giving their take on um, a specific event or maybe a specific athlete. Um, but in this case, it was all Tyson talking about himself, and he was he was brutally honest in everything that he was saying, um, which was which was very interesting. And um, you know, you learn a lot uh, when you watch something like this, especially because it's it's like a start to finish kind of thing. It's not halfway through, or he's he's not fighting still. He still doesn't he still doesn't have that kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like he's not the same guy he was at the at the start of his life. He's totally different now. So he's able to give us a bit more of an objective look on it, which is very interesting. And everybody obviously knows a bit about Mike Tyson, heavyweight champ, youngest heavyweight champ uh, ever, I believe. That still stands. Um, and just a like from the outside looking in, a ruthless kind of individual just a phenom of a fighter um someone who i think he says that in the documentary actually says i can't lose because i refuse to lose that's the kind of mindset this guy had at the at the prime of his career and this is the kind of person he was um what kind of stands out to me in the documentary i'll just i'll just pick out a few things um was his relationship with uh, customer who was someone that was like a father figure to him you know he said that uh, without this guy he probably wouldn't have he probably would be dead by now actually um, he said that this guy was kind of who he was like a father figure to him um, he taught him pretty much most things he knew about boxing and it wasn't just like the physical side he, he's he definitely states that he says that it was a lot of the mental the spiritual side of boxing um the discipline um the warrior like mentality you need to have when you go into the ring um he said that he taught him that you know it's not about how much power you have it's about the speed if if not more so 
um, than anything else and he, he just nurtured him um, while he was alive and unfortunately for Tyson he customer died when Tyson was only 19 so I mean to be 19 years old and to lose someone like that that meant that much to him the way he talks about him the way he articulates his words about him must have been pretty tough on a on a 19 year old um and yeah i think after that you can see he obviously has a string of <laughs> things that go wrong in his life both professionally and um personally and i, I think he lost his way a little bit um and he, he found it hard to get back on the right track from what i gather you know from what i can um defer or infer sorry from the documentary um he did obviously go on to become world champion after his death um but then obviously with with something like that at that age you know to be the youngest world champion ever at that time to have everybody that kind of everybody he said it to have everybody in the world that knows your name uh, everywhere you go like people love you um, to have this kind of aura about you is, is quite a lot to take in at that age uh, which obviously I can't even imagine man that's that's madness can you can you guys just imagine when you were 21 years old and literally you had the world at your feet everywhere you go everyone knows you you're pretty much untouchable um, that's oh, it must be as much fun as it must have been it must have been pretty tough as well and I think that caught up to him um his personal life, I think, well, definitely went downhill um, after his marriage to Robin Givens. I think he got married at 21 years, 21 years old. He proposed to her a month after dating her. Um, then she, they had like this interview, like a sit-down interview, um, where she talked about the way he kind of abused her. And he was sitting right next to her and he just, like there's a little clip you'll see in the documentary when you watch it. Um, she talks about him like as if he's not there man talks about how he physically hit her i think uh, talks about how he emotionally abused her and all these other things which was which was quite interesting because he doesn't do anything he just sits there and just listens and listens and you know the guy with his kind of reputation you thought he'd say something back at least um but no he just sat there took it all um he even explains in the documentary why he did that but I'll let you guys have a watch and find that out. Um, but that was pre that was pretty interesting. Um, and then after the divorce, um, he talks about how he struggled again. Uh, he lost someone else. I mean, like she didn't die, but they obviously got divorced. He doesn't have that other that kind of person there that he can rely on. Uh, he goes on to lose to Buster Douglas, another famous loss of Mike Tyson's. Uh, funny fact about Buster Douglas: so Tyson fought four guys. Uh, before Douglas and he beat all of them and one of the guys actually one of the guys that he beat actually knocked out Buster Douglas so Tyson said it himself he said you know I just didn't have the motivation I wasn't in the right shape I didn't train hard for the fight I just thought I could go in there and get it done and again you know like we said before what the last chance you kind of teaches us is that talent only gets you so far and we're seeing it again here you know, talent only gets you so far. You need to put in that time, put in that effort, put in that work, no matter who your opponent is. Um, otherwise, you might get found out like he did. Um, but, yeah, I think the documentary is is interesting to me uh, because this guy, obviously, he's a unique individual. He's quite... 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's intimidating. Even the, like the way he speaks, is kind of intimidating. The words he uses, he uses the words dominate quite a lot. Um, he he says that he was scared. Like he oh, he does this great thing. He's, he's the way he talks as well is pretty incredible. You know, you you want to listen to him when he speaks. He's just got this thing about him. Uh, but he was talking about every time he fought, he was scared. He was like he was scared. He was fearful uh, when he was fighting. He was fearful that the other guy was going to knock him out. He said that he had dreams of the other guy knocking him out. But then, like, when he started walking closer towards the ring, he got more and more confident. And once he got inside the ring, he was talking about how he just felt invincible. Like, no one could touch him. Like, he was untouchable. Um, And obviously, that kind of showed in the way he fought. You know, he just went out there, imposed his will on, on the other on the opponent and gave it his all um the other interesting thing about the documentary there's i mean there's loads of little little things i can pick out but i don't really want to narrate it because i've pretty much done that with the first part of this but um yeah the other the other interesting thing is that he he's totally changed from what he was you can you can see like the way he describes himself in the past like in his early years is totally different to what he is now um, there's a great moment as well when I think it's his last fight against Kevin Kevin McBride, where he just he pretty much quit to be honest. He just he gave up. He just and he said it there. He said it there and then he said, look, uh, when they did the interview at the end of the fight, he said, look, man, I just didn't have the fight in me anymore. Uh, I don't I don't want it anymore. You know, to be honest, I'm here just for the paycheck. And that's what he said. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's kind of what he said. He was just in it for the money, uh, to look after his kids, to take care of his kids. And stuff like that, which again shows the honesty of the guy. Um, it's another thing that kind of stood out to me how honest he was about everything, how how he just said everything, how he felt. He didn't really hold back too much, um, but it got me thinking kind of what makes him great. And I think beyond beyond boxing, just he just got this like raw emotion about him, uh, where he has no filter. He just goes and does everything that, or he went and did everything that he wanted to do kind of lived the life that he wanted to live there's one point in the documentary where he says he he never ever thought he said it's a miracle that he's living that he's living at 40 years old he thought he'd be dead by then back in 2008 when he made the documentary um but it's it's a great it's a great watch there's also the part uh about desiree washington um so for those of you don't know desiree washington is the lady that uh, accused Mike Tyson of rape. Uh, that's when Tyson went to jail for about three years, and he said that was probably the one of the lowest again one of the lowest points in his life. Um, I think he's just paraphrasing again. He talked about how there was things that happened in the prison that he he never thought he would ever see, like just inhumane acts, um, and it was just it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, it's very impressive the way he talks about things, the way he articulates himself, the way we, the way he describes stuff. It kind of makes you feel like you're there with him when he's going through all of this. Um, and I, I like, I really like the fact he narrated it himself. That was a huge plus point for this documentary, and it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, but yeah, there are a couple of other documentaries I wanted to talk about. So what I might do, I might just drop another podcast later on this week. Um, Senna is another one I've seen which I loved Um, more than a game I'm sure you've all seen that one 
uh, LeBron James in his high school days with his high school crew. That's another one I wanted to have a little chat about. But these two, obviously, these two documentaries, these two sporting documentaries I've just spoken about, uh, the documentary series on Netflix, The Last Chance You, uh, the Tyson documentary, which is available on Amazon Prime as well. Um, these two kind of have a few things that are similar in terms of you know you can see where in both documentaries where guys relying on their talent only has led to them slipping up as a team or in Tyson's case slipping up as an individual Um, you can clearly see like um, outside influences getting involved as well uh, which doesn't help them you can also see the good parts of it where they have like people that mentor them that help them out that kind of help them to grow into the individual that they are obviously in the last chance most of the guys at the last chance you in their cases they've still they've still got their whole lives to live tyson's obviously had his career he's he's had all these things go for him so you can see that he's come out good at the end of it um but there's loads of great things loads of great similarities in both documentaries and loads of little takeaways for us you know some some things that we can obviously implement into our own lives the most prominent one being that you know talent will only get you so far you got to put in that hard work and dedication uh but yeah i'm gonna end this part of the segment or this part of the show here because uh, we've already got to 30 minutes and there's shout of the week a couple of honorable mentions and the randomness section to come up okay so my shout out of the week this week is gonna go to Manchester City. Just because they've just oh man, they're scoring goals for jokes, man. They scored like two six nil wins, one in the Premier League, one in the Champions League, and then they went and beat United three one in the Manchester Derby. I mean, they're just a phenomenal team. It's quite hard to say anything else about them you know they're doing it without kevin de bruyne as well which i i mean i didn't think they'd be this good without him i thought they'd be good i still think they'd i still thought they'd be top of the league and things like that but to be playing the way they are and bernardo silva just looks oh he looks special doesn't he he i don't want to say he looks better than kevin de bruyne but he just does different things and he's a he's a very talented player bernardo silva not not david everybody knows about david silva but bernardo silva just looks for a different type of gravy man he's he's looking good for that man city team and he fits in well to their to pep's system obviously you know pep likes these um, smaller midfielders who can get about the pitch a little one two touches and he does that a lot of interchanging i mean the game against man united Man United really didn't offer much, to be honest. Got lucky when the, they got that penalty, that little lifeline, but couldn't really take it on from there. And it was hard. There was no Paul Pogba. Let's be fair to them. Uh, but Man City, wow, wow. <laughs> All right, uh, enough of that. Uh, we're gonna move on to some honourable mentions. So a couple of the honourable mentions I'm going to go through today. Uh, first one, 
goes to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but on the weekend they played their rivals Bayern Munich. They were losing 2-1, two, two I believe. Came back to win the game 3-2. Um, and a special honourable mention for the young English kid, Jaden Sancho, um, who has been phenomenal for Dortmund. Um, and to be honest, he's got me excited about the future of England. Playing in that system, you have to be a special kind of talent. He's worked his way into the first team as well. I think he started off uh, this season coming off the bench, but he started the game against Bayern Munich. And did some tasty things in that game as well. So, a little honourable mention to that guy. Uh, the other honourable mention is going to go to the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. 8-1 um, and one in the NFL. 8 wins on the bounce. And they are looking like real Super Bowl contenders. So, like I said, we're coming close to that um, end, of this, end of the regular season in the NFL. So, make sure you keep your eyes out for these New Orleans Saints looking good and looking like a real Super Bowl contender okay uh, that will do with that uh, coming up on the randomness part was a bit of a festive theme to this one uh, see you in a bit all right so our randomness section is going to be dedicated to these festive lattes now a quick shout out to the triangle crew for this one because uh, they helped me come up with this but obviously this time of year uh, if you're a coffee fan uh, those festive lattes do come out and i'm not gonna lie i do i do get a bit excited just something a bit different from a regular latte um, and costa coffee and starbucks i know i've got a good range if there's any other coffee shop that you know or coffee chain that you guys know of that have got a good range of festive lattes please do not hesitate to let me know i will be very very interested i'm going to try and um, sample not sample i'm going to try and have one uh, maybe once a week or something try a little festive latte uh, once a week and the lead up to christmas um, this week i had it i think i had it on yeah, i had it on saturday i think I went down to my local Costa Coffee um, and <laughs> got myself a, I want to say it's a caramelized orange latte. I think that's what it was called. Um, so when I saw it, I was like, all right, cool. It looks, it looks a bit different. It's worth the taste. I thought it'd have a bit of um, Terry's chocolate orange to it, um, but it didn't, uh, which was a shame. Uh, it was like, I don't know, man. I was disappointed, to be honest. Maybe, maybe my barista didn't really make it correctly i don't know but i thought it'd have a bit more of a terry's chocolate orange feel to it i mean i could taste um the orange but it was very inconsistent it just tasted like a regular latte one sip and then the next sip had a bit of that orange in it um so yeah i wasn't really tr i wasn't really impressed at all with that one i'm not sure what i'm gonna go for this week but i'll keep you guys posted either on um instagram or obviously next week's podcast um but yeah if there is any other recommendations you have please let me know i'm a, I'm a huge fan of a festive latte the rest of this um triangle crew they, they love a good festive latte as well so it'd be very helpful if you could let me know all right guys that will do it for this week's episode uh it's been good fun man i'm glad i got back to this 
uh, glad I sorted everything out to be honest because it's been a bit of a a gap in my week when I don't have to do any research or I don't have to prepare a little podcast it does doesn't make the week as enjoyable as it normally would be um, but yeah I've, I've, like I said I've enjoyed doing this one I think what we're gonna what I'm gonna try and do actually uh, like I said is maybe bring out another podcast this week uh, because I've got a few more documentaries I want to talk about especially the center one um, um, and obviously more than a game as well so I'm gonna try and bring out another podcast this week um, and yeah I just I hope you guys have enjoyed listening it's good to be back um, the festive season is coming up so make sure you wrap up warm have that hat and scarf and gloves vibe going don't catch a cold man enjoy enjoy yourself enjoy the rest of the week and hopefully i'll speak i won't speak to you but hopefully you'll hear from me later on this week all right guys it's been a pleasure take care